You're listening to the Five Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is psychotherapist, author, and podcast host, Lori Gottlieb. Lori is best known as the author of the best-selling book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, which has helped start a global conversation about human connection. She writes the weekly Dear Therapist advice column for The Atlantic and co-hosts the Dear Therapist iHeartRadio podcast with Guy Winch. In this episode, you'll learn about the ideal therapist relationship, why people avoid therapy, and how we can remove the stigma around mental health. I believe mental health is the biggest topic of our time, which is why I wanted to bring Lori on the show. After seeing multiple therapists in my life and self-reflecting, I feel that many of the questions I asked my therapist, I already knew the answer to. I was seeking validation from my therapist instead of advice. Is this common? And what does the ideal therapist and client relationship look like? The ideal therapist and client relationship looks like a therapist holding up a mirror to you so that you can see yourself in ways that you normally wouldn't or haven't been able to. You may have some answers when you come and we hope that they're somewhere inside of you. But often, even though people have the answers, they do things in the world that go against that place of knowing inside of them. So they're, they're acting in ways that are counterproductive to their own interests. And we help them to see why that is and um, how they can be more aware of having some consistency between what they know and what they do. And what would you say are the biggest mental and emotional obstacles that keep people from making changes in their lives and how do they overcome them? The biggest obstacle to making change is fear of uncertainty. So many people will cling to something that feels familiar, even if the familiar thing isn't working well for them, because at least they know that. And if they do something different, they have to go into this place of, I don't know what's going to happen. And humans don't do very well with uncertainty. Just think about walking into a networking event. You immediately cling to the person you already know instead of trying to meet someone new because it's familiar. It feels safe. So it's even as right. basic as that. Right, absolutely. And, and I think also people um, really don't understand that they're doing something. They might think they're doing something different, but generally there's some pattern that they're reenacting. And you see that a lot with people who um, end up in the same kinds of relationships that aren't fulfilling, or they end up in the same kinds of jobs that aren't fulfilling. They don't realize, they think they're doing something different. Like, oh, I took this different job, but they get into a situation that's very similar to whatever they didn't like about their last work environment. So that's another thing that therapy can do for you is to help you see what does change really look like, as opposed to the things that you think you're doing to change. We both create content in multiple forms between articles, books, and social media posts. Do you feel like the process of creating and publishing content is therapeutic to you, just like it is to me? I think that it's important that we all have more conversations with each other. And so it's therapeutic in the sense of I get to start a conversation and then have people engage in that conversation. I think that with maybe you should talk to someone, the title of the book doesn't necessarily mean maybe you should talk to a therapist. It means maybe we should all be talking more to each other. And sometimes we're so afraid to talk to each other because we don't want to appear as if we don't know something already. But the point is to engage in these conversations so that you can learn what you don't know. You're a therapist who needed therapy. What did you learn about yourself when you went through therapy and what impact did it have on your own practice? I learned that 
we all are more similar than we are different. I think that it's easy for a therapist to say, well, I understand what my struggles are. I understand how to help other people through their struggles, so I shouldn't need help. And the point is we, we all struggle. If you're human, you're going to struggle. And that there's no shame in getting help. In fact, that's a sign of strength. And so many people don't realize that when you reach out and get help, that shows that you're coming from a place of strength and resilience. And the people who don't get help or who don't reach out are kind of hiding. And that's a place of fear and lack of empowerment. So I think that I really learned to embrace the fact that we need other people to help us. Mental health is one of the most important topics in our culture right now, yet it's often misunderstood, mistreated, and even dismissed entirely. How do you think we can remove the stigma around it and support those who are suffering? I think people need to understand that the quality of our lives depends on the quality of our emotional lives. And that means how we're going to succeed in our personal relationships, in our professional lives, and just in feeling a sense of efficacy and peace. I think that people imagine that if you go to see a therapist, if you are struggling, that something is wrong with you, as opposed to that's a great moment for you to say, I have an opportunity to grow here. A lot of people don't look at it that way. They say, oh, I need to get past this or I need to not feel this feeling. If you are using your feelings like a compass, for example, maybe you're experiencing sadness or anxiety or envy of somebody else, use that, follow your envy, follow your sadness, follow your anxiety and say, what is it telling me about what's not working in my life right now? And what can I do? What steps can I take to change things so that I'm experiencing life differently? That's what mental health is really about. It's not about, I'm going to go and download the problem of the week and leave and then come back the next week and download another problem. We always like to say that insight is the booby prize of therapy, that you can have all the insight in the world, but if you're not making changes out in the world, the insight is useless. So if you come in and you say, now I understand why I feel this envy or now I understand why I'm anxious or sad, that's great. But what are you doing day to day? to make these small changes that will add up to large changes over time. Every year I publish a forecast of the top workplace trends. And for 2020, one of them was therapy at the office. More and more companies are hiring therapists as part of their corporate wellness programs. Do you see this trend happening in your profession? And do you believe companies are responsible for their workers' mental health? I think that workplaces are smart to pay attention to people's emotional health because people are going to be more productive, they're going to be more engaged, they're going to be happier at work, which means that they're gonna be more free to take risks, they're gonna be more free to be creative, and they're gonna to wanna to be there. So I think it's really smart, and I think that the, the places that don't take that into account, who can't say to somebody, you know, what's not working for you here? What, what can we do to make things better for you? Or yes, you had this death in your family, you can take some time off to go you know, have that time to yourself so that you can come back and really be present when you're back. Those are the companies that I think are going to get the best result. And I think that companies that ignore that are doing so at their own detriment. And what's your best piece of career advice? People always say, do what you love. And it sounds like a cliche. My best piece of career advice is even when you're in a situation that you don't love, do the best that you can do in that situation. And that will lead to something that you like better. So people always say, well, I don't like this job, so I'm just going to quit. And I say, do everything you can. Do your best work 
at that job while you're figuring out the thing that you want to do. Because somehow by doing your best work, you're going to find some little nugget in there that will lead you to your next step. Don't just quit. Go ahead and, and put everything you can into it until you figure it out where that next step is going to be. I think people, especially in today's world, they're just ready for the next thing. Like there's a lack of patience. Everyone wants instant gratification. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's an impatience. And I see that especially with the people, um, you know, who are in their twenties that I see in my practice and they'll say, well, I don't like this about my job or I don't like that, or I'm not challenged in the way that I want to be challenged. And I say, find the challenge, find a way to get challenged in your job because that's going to lead you somewhere. You can always find someone who will help you be more challenged, you know, but you have to seek that out. And I think so many people expect that they're going to show up at their job and that all of this excitement and challenge is going to be handed to them. And sometimes you have to seek that out. And just the process of seeking that out will teach you a lot about yourself and what you're capable of. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Lori. To follow her journey, you can read her book, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, Listen to Her Podcast, Dear Therapist, and find her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter where she shares her latest writing, appearances, quotes, and conversations. 